Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke, and we are in the first chapter, and we will begin in verse 46 and go through verse 55. You can find it on page 1017 in your pew Bible. Again, that's the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, 46 through 55. And there it's written. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servants. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. If you would, please join me in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we're going to go through a a different kind of sermon series as we go through Christmas this year. I never noticed until I was studying it, but there are four songs located within Luke's gospel pertaining to Christmas. Uh, There's Mary's Magnificat, which we we just read today, in which Blanca so beautifully sang a version of it uh, this morning. And then there is Zechariah's song, who is Elizabeth's husband, who are the parents of John the Baptist. And then there, uh, there are angels. They come in a great multitude, and they sing with the shepherds. And then there's Simeon's song, when they take Jesus to the temple. And so those are the songs we'll be going through this season. But now that Thanksgiving's behind us, as your pastor, the, the goal of Christmas, I, I, I want to help you with this, the goal of Christmas is to focus on God, to look at Christ, to have your gaze so enamored with him that all else feels pointless without it. That's what we want to get at at Christmas. And so we often have the habit, though, of saying Jesus is the reason for the season, or we say uh, we want to keep Christ in Christmas. And this year presents a unique ability for us to do just that. For Christmas Eve is on a Saturday night, and there's worship services, and then Christmas Day is on a Sunday morning, the Lord's Day in which we will again come to worship in a whole different way than we did the night before. 
For you see, I, I believe that if we go around saying Jesus is the reason for the season and we want to keep Christ in Christmas, yet fail to show up to worship on both Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we are no different than the hypocrites who prayed loudly in the streets just so they would get attention. If we really believe Jesus is the reason for the season and we want to keep Christ in Christmas, we will show up to worship wherever we are scattered with family near and far to go and find brothers and sisters in Christ and worship him. For it's his day. We don't want to forsake Jesus for the sake of toys and clothes and gadgets, all of which will rust and be eaten by moths and turn to dust. This is a season for Jesus. And we just heard him preach the Sermon on the Mount, in which everything he calls his Christ followers to be is to be distinctly different than the rest of the world. And the rest of the world, folks, also celebrates Christmas. I'm here to tell you that celebrating Christmas and putting up a tree and lights on your house and having presents to open with family is no longer a distinctly Christian action, but it has been adopted by the world because we as Christians have allowed it to do so. We've allowed it to become such a commercialized and material experience that it's hard for the rest of the world to see what is distinctly different for Christians on this day than for them. And what we have in our first song is Mary showing us how distinctly different we are called to be. There's a young woman who's a virgin, who's engaged to be married to Joseph, and an angel comes to her and says, you are going to be pregnant with God's son. She says, how can this be? And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth, sixth, sixth month with her who is called a barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. His plan begins with a young virgin engaged to be married. And when she questions this plan as to how it will exactly happen, the angel tells her and then reassures her that nothing is impossible with God. And then she responds. She responds with faithful obedience in a way that is surprising to all of us who read it. She says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
setting up for the day that Jesus will be in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prays to the Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Martin Luther says that the greatest miracle at Christmas was not that she conceived, but that she believes. And she trusts. And she falls into faithful obedience. A young woman who's engaged, who has every right in first century Israel to be fearful for her life at this moment. And she is faithfully obedient to God's plan. Not only faithfully obedient to God's plan, but she goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth, who is with John the Baptist, and upon arriving there, she sings. She sings, not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, not Frosty the Snowman, not You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, but she sings praises to the Lord, glorifies his name. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my Savior for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary's song focuses not on herself, but focuses on God and his goodness. It focuses on God and his mercy, God and his perfect holiness, and the salvation that comes through him. Now, the song does ring a familiar tone for those a bit familiar with Scripture, which it appears that Mary is, because her song is awfully reminiscent of our call to worship this morning, which was Hannah's song there in 1 Samuel. Both women who would bear the weight of being pregnant by God's design. She magnifies the Lord. Popular song during Christmas is Mary, Did You Know? And it's clear from this song, Mary knows. Mary knows the Lord and she trusts the Lord with her entire life. She doesn't ask, where will we live? How will we make it? but I trust in your word, Lord, and then sings praises to him for this great thing, this great thing that completely turned her life upside down, put her in real danger and harm's way, and yet in her faith and her obedience and with her focus on God, she remained distinctly different from the world. You see, Christmas has become this big deal around the world. It's become more material than it is spiritual. 
We see it because, well, we helped create it through catalogs and wish lists, through porches filled with Amazon boxes and Black Friday deals that we simply cannot wake up early enough for anymore. And the world saw that, saw a way to make some money, collect some more things and distract us from where we're really called to look. We're called to look at Jesus. For you see, the heart of this Christmas season isn't in the material, it's in the spiritual. And it's Mary's song that puts that in complete focus for us. That yes, there's gifts and there's parties and there's Santa all there and they all have a place. But it's Jesus who is the miracle of this season. My dad has told me the story of a children's Christmas program numerous times. It's one of his favorite stories to tell. He, he says there, there was the Christmas program at church, and, and you know how it goes. All the kids are dressed up in costume and character. You've got Mary and Joseph, a baby doll for Jesus there in a manger. The shepherds come in to take a peek at baby Jesus with sheep and cows mooing and bawling all around the stage. The angels show up, and they sing their songs. And he said, but once all their songs were done, after the shepherds were done peeking and the gifts were brought by the wise men, the cast began to leave the stage to where it was just Mary, Joseph, and Jesus left. And then Joseph turns to exit the scene as well. Mary glances at the manger and then follows Joseph off the stage. He said, but this is what struck me most. It was right as she was about to reach the door that she raced back to that manger and grabbed that baby doll by the foot <laughs> and tucked it in her arms. And with a big grin, then walked out. Don't forget Jesus during this season. Run to him. Pick him up and hold on to him fiercely with the biggest smile you've ever had. Amen.